turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Tired of the negative news and flash over substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. My co-host Larry Dershman and I have been following many interesting stories this week. We say that every week because there really is a lot of interesting news. But in case you forgot, 2024 is an election year. So there is even more interesting news almost every day as we warm up into the primary season. Now, we've had uh, one caucus and one formal primary, but I have to tell you, we could spend the whole rest of the hour just talking about what happened there. I mean, we could start with Iowa for the caucus and move to New Hampshire. But, you know, Larry, one of the things that I think has been dominating the headlines is not so much that we've got a front runner in Donald Trump. I think that's sort of a foregone conclusion. But I think the bigger story, and at least the one that's really been causing a lot of buzz over the last couple of days, is Nikki Haley and how uh, she's done, I, I would guess, a little bit more than projected, particularly now with Ron DeSantis out of the race. And I know you've been following all of this as well. What, what are your takeaways from, I mean, we could work reverse chronologically. Let's first talk about New Hampshire, since that's the most recent primary. Right. Well, uh, definitely Trump totally, uh, you know, took that race. And uh, Nikki Haley, you know, she, she picked up a couple of delegates, but not a whole lot uh, on that one. And, of course, Ron DeSantis uh, dropped out and Vivek Ramaswamy has dropped out even earlier. So it is a two person race now. So there is some pressure on Nikki Haley to drop out now. Like, for example, on Laura Ingram's show, Fox News, uh, Laura Ingram herself recommended that Nikki Haley drop out so we can kind of consolidate the, uh, the money and the campaign funds to, to uh, going up against the Democrat candidate. Uh, Ted Cruz, uh, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, actually said that only 28 percent of registered Republicans support Nikki Haley. But some donors uh, say, Nicholas, it's too early to drop out now. And I think even President Trump agrees on that. And I, I agree on that. I mean, this is supposed to be a fight. I want to hear what she has to say. I want to hear what he has to say. And I would, just from my perspective, I would say, stay in there, Nikki, and keep on fighting. You know what's interesting about that analysis, Larry, is that not only echoes uh, what Nikki Haley herself says, but it also echoes what some of the independent voters have said. Now, clearly in the enthusiasm category, Donald Trump wins that. But some of his supporters have even admitted, and this is in, you know, exit polls, if you want to call it that kind of loosely structured interviews after they went and cast a vote that they fully support him now. But God forbid were, her, were he to be convicted of any of the counts against him. That would be a different story. And, you know, you don't hear Nikki Haley talking a lot about 
that, but you have to imagine it's one of the probably many reasons that she's deciding to stay in the race is kind of the what if factor. What if something were to happen and she would become and uh, Donald Trump would become disqualified? What if there were to be a conviction and some of his voters were to say, well, now we're going to broaden our horizons and consider an alternative? Um, So it's, I suppose, interesting to note along those lines that of that what if group, how many of those are registered Republicans versus a lot of the independents or the, you know, no party voters, the ones that really haven't decided and the ones that are able to vote in some of these primary elections. Right. And uh, some of the billionaires are dropping out. They're uh, dropping away from their financial backing of Nikki. For example, billionaire Reid Hoffman won't be donating more money to Nikki Haley's presidential campaign. Now, he's really a liberal. He's not He's actually, I believe, a Democrat. Uh, He's also the co-founder of LinkedIn, if you've ever heard of that one. Uh, I think most of our listeners have. And he had donated $250,000 to Nikki. But after New Hampshire, he said, no, I'm not going to donate any more money uh, to that campaign. But I think maybe, uh, Wendy, that the independent voters are going to have a huge um, uh, uh, swaying force on this election, actually, who wins because they're still making up their minds or they haven't told the, uh, the pundits or the people that are taking surveys how they're going to vote. So that's the, kind of the mystery. Well, you know, the history of that, um, I, I think, is a different race than uh, 2020. And, you know, sometimes the, the Haley supporters say, yes, but she has a better chance of beating Joe Biden. But when you look at the proven record of Joe Biden versus the former administration under Trump, you know, it's a totally different race. I mean, think about it this way. Voters are no longer voting on, at least some of them, um, pure principle, but practical concerns. We talk a lot about kitchen table issues, but think about how relevant that's been over the course of the last year. I mean, let's just take the winter time. Families are faced with this false choice between heating and eating is one of the ones you hear a lot. Gas and groceries. Uh, you know, uh, do, are we forced into electric cars or are families more concerned with whether they can pay their electric bill at home? You know, some of these things, they really come to notice under the Biden administration. And that's notwithstanding the very public pronouncements to the contrary. You know, a party's on, and people on both sides of the political aisle will go to these rallies or turn on the TV and hear about what a great state the economy is, and they can't pay their bills. So that disconnect is unique to the 2024 election. It wasn't present back in 2020. So we can't just say, oh, it's the same matchup. It's the same two guys, but the issues are totally different. They are. And uh, there's kind of a rule of uh, thumb, a rule of politics, I guess, that whoever wins the New Hampshire primary becomes that party's nominee. So if that rule holds out, that would make Trump would be the nominee for the Republicans and Biden would be the nominee for the Democratic Party. And I think everybody's kind of going in that direction. But you are so right, Wendy. It's the kitchen table issues. And I'll tell you, the, the issue that's moved to the top, I just was watching the the national news uh, today before we recorded is the borders. And we have several programs on the borders. If, and this whole standoff between Texas and all the uh, the other governors from the other states that are siding with Texas that wants to keep up the, uh, the the razor wire, and then the Supreme Court decision how that affects it, and then the federal you know government that's really, uh, in many people's opinion, including mine, is not really enforcing our borders at all. 
And so, and you have the inflation issue. Yeah, the, the food, the prices of uh, the grocery food, uh, the prices of gasoline, that's got to be front and center. And you'd have to ask yourself, uh, you know, are you better off today than you were, like, say, four years ago or whatever, you know? So it's going to be so fascinating, but those are huge issues. You know, I'll give you another one. is community safety. You know, some of our big cities are absolutely overrun with crime. Uh, that just dominates headlines almost every day at the top of the hour. You hear about some city somewhere that really has fallen from grace in terms of, you know, lost a lot of its former glory and that crime is just not being enforced. We've moved away from the whole defund the police movement, but it's we're not recovering in the eyes of many citizens that live in some of these areas fast enough. And they also, again, both sides of the aisle, uniquely tie it to this current administration. And whether you say, well, that's fair or not, um, you know, it, it, it turns out to be a correlation that this administration just can't run from. Larry, I know there's uh, some, some special issues on your mind today, though, as well. Yeah, I wanted to talk uh, briefly, and this kind of relates to our next guest, who will be calling in from Israel. But there's a, a gentleman, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this history. I actually didn't until very recently. His name was Haim Solomon. Now, who in the world is Haim Solomon? Well, back in the Revolutionary War, when we were fighting Great Britain for our independence, Washington's war chest was completely empty, as was that of Congress. They, His troops, the Continental Army, were without food, uniforms, supplies. Washington's troops were close to mutiny. And Washington, George Washington, determined that he needed at least $20,000 to finish the campaign. But there was was no um, money to do that. And just by the way, I I did a quick calculation. $20,000 in the the 1774-75 era today would be $705,000. Wow. There was a lot of money. That's how much money he needed to complete what was going to be the final campaign against the British. So George Washington said, okay, we're – His uh, superintendent of finance named Robert Moore said, we are totally out of funds. We have no credit available. And Washington said this eloquent quote, sin for Haim Solomon. Well, Haim Solomon raised the $20,000 needed uh, to to finish that campaign. And it proved that it made it successful for the Yorktown uh, Virginia campaign, which was the final battle in the Revolutionary War. That was the final battle. And it was only because of Haim Solomon that we were able to pull that off. I don't know what the results would be, but what's interesting, he never wanted anything for himself. Haim Solomon, the gentleman who helped win the Revolutionary War, a Jewish person, died as a pauper. He was so wealthy, but he gave all of his money away. And that's what I wanted to get that information out to people. And so they still haven't uh, given his money any reparations, his family or his descendants any reparations for that, or really fully acknowledge what he did. But some people say in the back of the $1 bill, there's 13 stars that stand for 13, 13 colonies. And if you look closely at the back of your dollar bill, and everybody can do this, it's in the shape of the Star of David. And so some people say that George Washington, that's how he repaid Haim Solomon, is by having the Star of David on our $1 bill. 
with those 13 you know, stars. That's, it's so interesting, Larry. You always come up with the most interesting sort of nuanced information, and this is just yet another example. Um, and that is a, a pretty good recognition that we celebrate each and every day because we always use those dollar bills. Uh, fascinating stuff. To our listeners, don't touch that dial. We are taking a very short break, but we're coming right back. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, and we will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and my co-host Larry Dersham and I not only look for fascinating stories, but fascinating guests. And many of the guests we find aren't necessarily domiciled in San Diego. In fact, they don't necessarily live in the United States. And that is exactly true with our next guest, which is coming to us from Israel. Larry, who do we have on the line? Yes, uh, Archbishop Dr. Dominic Bierman is the director of Kadesh Map Ministries and United Nations for Israel, which has the letters UNIFY, U-N-I-F-Y based in St. Augustine, Florida. As Jewish apostles, Dominique and her husband, Rabbi Baruch Bierman, have traveled to over 50 nations preaching the gospel made in Zion with signs, wonders, and miracles following. Welcome to the program, Dr. Bierman. Shalom, shalom from Israel. Uh, Dr. Bierman, I understand you heard the calling of the Lord on your life at the Sea of Galilee in Israel. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience? Sure. Well, as most of us, I was at the end of my life in every way, going through a very painful period of my life and trying to look for answers everywhere. Finally, I found only darkness, and I just kind of attacked a canvas, literally, and wrote. I didn't even know how to pray properly. I just wrote, light, where are you lost? Come to me. And within 24 hours, I had the Messiah Yeshua simply appear to me at the Sea of Galilee and calling me to his service. No, that's a, that's a wonderful story, that is. Uh, Dr. Bierman, the entire world has now heard about the tragedy that took place on October 7th, 2023. And I know that you've made several TV programs at the scene of the massacre. Can you tell us a little bit about that horrific incident and the current status of the war uh, with Hamas that they started? Yes. Hamas. Well, um, and let, let's actually start from the beginning. Um, in October of 2023, I was here with a group from our organization, the United Nations for Israel, as they bring groups from uh, overseas, from many nations, to Israel twice a year at least. 
Um, and we were here finishing the Feast of Sukkot, which is the Feast of Tabernacles in the hotel in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, we heard an alarm. Um, and immediately, there was loudspeakers, and they began to say, quickly, quickly go to the bomb shelter. I had about 80 people with me from 14 different nations. And during that day, uh, which will happen to be Shabbat, you know, the Sabbath, and Simchat Torah, which happens to be the eighth day, uh, right at the end of Sukkot, the end of the feast, uh, the eighth day, called Simchat Torah, the rejoicing over the Torah, when we start to read the Torah again in the cycle of the year. And we went up and down those bomb shelters the whole day. Uh, we knew that something oh. serious had happened, and um, we began to pray seriously, blow shofars and all of that, but only after a few hours, the picture began to come in that actually a horrendous massacre had happened in the border with Gaza, where about people were being murdered right and left in a way that was so brutal that it was hard to stomach. There is much that I can tell you. You want to ask me a question? Right. There was. Uh, was, Yeah, I go ahead. I'm sorry. There was much that I could tell you about that day. Uh, We did make lots of TV programs in various areas, but I want to tell you that the people were so shocked, and we were all in a daze at that moment because we haven't expected such horrendous thing. Even though we have had many warnings from Hamas, that they were arming and they were training in order to do something serious in Israel. But there was a bad conception and a misconception that they would not even attempt it, except that day, on that Shabbat, the 7th of October, not only did they attempt, but they came into Israel through 22 different points, attacking 22 different communities among them, an entire party of youngsters that were partying there at the border with thousands, about 5,000 of them, were many, many hundreds of them, uh, around 400 of them were murdered that day. And then mm-hmm. on all of it, they went into... But when I'm saying murdered, I'm saying these, these monsters came in from everywhere. In other yeah. words, it was like if, if they, were, they attacked from everywhere. There was about thousands of them, thousands that came in that day accompanied by civilians, believe it or not, civilians and even children, 12, 13, 14 years old, that came with them, gloated and gloating with them about murdering, looting, raping, massacring, beheading babies, burning people alive in their bomb shelters. Entire families were burnt alive. And and the people then, the Gaza civilians supposedly that came with them, looted entire kibbutzim, community farms, houses, and then carrying with them hundreds of hostages kidnapped into Gaza. I, from oh, that yeah. moment, of course, we started the war, but uh, there's much more to tell you. I mean, I, 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 right. I, could, I could speak the whole night about what's been happening here. Right, and we just have a few minutes. I have other questions for you, really important questions, but I, I want you to get out. What would be a website that people could go to that they could find out more information about you, your ministry, and even this event that has happened in Israel to see your movies? Okay. Yeah, I, I would say go to org. 
You'll remember it because of the UN, but it's United Nations for Israel, and that's the difference. But not number four, the letter F O R, for Israel dot O R G. You go okay. there, you will see all that's happening. You can connect with our YouTube from there and all of the work programs we've been doing and also, of course, uh, help whoever wants to help during this time, which I believe, um, I believe that this is a very important time, yes, uh, I do. Larry, where, where actually the church has been given a great opportunity. And the opportunity at this time is not like it happened during the Second World War, uh, you know, the Nazi Holocaust, the Nazi Shoah, which, you know, we happen to be talking on, on the Holocaust Memorial Day, which is, uh, you know, technically uh, tonight here, it starts from tonight in Israel, uh, the 27th uh-huh. of January, you're on the 26th in America. Um, but we happen to be talking exactly on, you know, at that time. And during the Holocaust, unfortunately, not one Christian organization rose up to help the Jewish people. There were a uh, Individuals, you know, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, like, um, um, you know, Oskar Schindler and Cory Boom and others like that. They were courageous souls. God bless them and their memory forever. But as a Christian organization, all of the pastors of Germany gave the right hand of fellowship to Hitler. And this is such an opportunity right now for the Christian church worldwide to rise up and stand with Israel and do something about it. Uh, to overturn the situation. I truly believe that this is the time. This is the opportunity to show up for Israel's sake. Um, I, not only I do we have 100%. still about 100 and... Sorry? I agree 100%. And just quickly, because we are getting a little short on time, Dr. Berman, the United States has always been and continues to be a friend to Israel. In fact, Israel is our greatest and best ally in the Middle East. So why do you think we're regretfully starting to see so much anti-Semitism in America today? I don't frankly understand it. It's in the universities and elsewhere. Well, I believe there are two reasons. One of them is because, unfortunately, many Christians are uninformed about uh, a thing called replacement theology. And replacement theology is a theology that has caused a disconnect between most Christians and Israel. And therefore, when something like Islam comes in, when something like uh, sympathizing with the Palestinian cause and Hamas comes in, then uh, they are not prepared to oppose it, to reject it, to resist it. And therefore, it has come in unawares into all universities and everywhere uh, in America to the point where until recently Jewish people were very afraid, uh, Jewish students, to even show any outward sign of Judaism in the universities. So uh, I believe that in order to have the church ready for this, because this onslaught that happened to Israel is waiting to happen everywhere else in the world. That includes America, that includes all of Europe, unless it is stopped in Israel. And yes, America has been a great friend of Israel, and fortunately, very often, it's been ambivalent. And in this case, for example, uh, unfortunately, this administration has been pressurizing Israel to um, to stop the war, to give in to the co- to the to the um, to the Palestinians, and uh, the Palestinian cause. I, I want to say something. This is very important. I've got a video about this that I speak uh, about the Palestinian cause being um, a fruit 
of a meeting between a Muslim personality by the name of Hajj Amin al-Husseini and Hitler during the Second World War. And they decided to start all of these things that eventually bore fruit all the way to Hamas and the genocidal, uh, you know, uh, desires of Hamas and, and uh, a lot of Palestinians against Israel. America has put up with this for a long time, and I really pray that at least on the Christian church there will arise a voice that will say enough is enough. Oh, absolutely. And uh, again, you mentioned that how the church is, uh, is it time for them to rise up and get active? But what can we as individuals that go to church, how can we help, for those of us who love Israel, how can we help combat all this anti-Semitism and uh, get our country back the way it used to be, where we everybody 100% support Israel, almost. In, in yes. Yeah. Yes, I suggest strongly that you go and get some of my books. The Voice of These Ashes is my latest book of a message received in Auschwitz. So when you go to that website, go to the shop and get that book, The Voice of These Ashes, and you will see other things like rising up and help plant where Hamas is destroyed. Um, help, help during this time, physically, financially, and in prayer. And I believe that okay. those things will count for a lot. Perfect. I can, can the, uh, the book is called The Voice of These Ashes. So, uh, Doctor, right. Bishop Dr. Dominique Bierman, thank you so much for being with us, and God bless you, and we have, hopefully we can have you back soon. Shalom, shalom. God bless you. Shalom. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us, and we want to wish you a wonderful week ahead, and please join us next Saturday night, same time, 6 p.m., for more of Today with Dr. Wendy. We are wishing you a great week, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. 